0: If God is sovereign, does it matter what we do? That's the question we're discussing today on The Hero of the Story, presented by The Gospel Project. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of The Hero of the Story, a podcast to help you focus on the gospel in every area of your life and ministry. I'm Brian Dombozic, Managing Editor of The Gospel Project, and with me is Aaron Armstrong, our brand manager. A little bit of a light subject today. Oh, yeah, this is an easy one. Yeah, God's sovereignty, man's responsibility. No no controversy here whatsoever. None. And I think we will be able nope. to give a very clear, succinct answer to this. Answer everybody's question in 15, 20 minutes. Maybe 10. 10 at yeah, 10. I was, you you know, know. Let's go I was giving
1: it. us time for banter. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. Well, I mean, the answer is yes. Right. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So if you've so, enjoyed this episode, over. <laughs> so
0: goodbye, everybody. All right, Aaron, let's All let's right. get it cranked. Go, go ahead and read on. the sure. essential doctrine related to God's plan and human action.
1: That sounds great. And uh, just as a reminder for everybody, we do. Um, We do have a video available for, that is a different kind of explanation of this. Doesn't A complete
0: explanation in 90
1: seconds. About 99 (laughs) seconds. Uh, So uh, do check that out at gospelproject.com slash 99 dash essentials. So um, the, here's how we have outlined the, this essential doctrine of God's plan and human action. Uh, So, God's sovereignty over all of life encompasses the free actions of human beings. Proverbs um, 19.21 says, "Many, uh, Many plans are in a man's heart, but the Lord's decree will prevail. In ways we are unable to comprehend fully, the Lord's plan goes forward through the choices of human beings as moral agents. Even freely chosen sinful actions are factored into God's overarching plan, as in the case with the crucifixion of Jesus, uh, an event which p- both purposed, which was both purposed by God through foreknowledge and yet also carried out by the wicked decisions of human beings. That's Acts 2.23, by the way. Um, knowing that God is working all things for those, uh, for the good of those who love him. We trust in his promise to fulfill his plan even when we don't understand our present circumstances. So, like we said, very elegant, simple, clear, to the point. But if we want to make it even more clear, here's what we would say. God is sovereign or has authority over everything, even our freely chosen actions which right there
0: is a mind bender exactly (laughs) yep all right so let's let's continue plotting through this all right and 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 we'll do this well we'll interact with it a little bit more and try to make a little bit more (laughs) sense of it in a minute but first as as we tend to do where are some places we see this in scripture so what we're looking for here is or either passages that clearly affirm God's sovereignty mm-hmm. over things and or our responsibility. So where where, yes. where might we find this?
1: Well, I mean, right away we we find in the in Genesis 1:1. 1, 1, we get to see God's sovereignty over everything it, because it says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. So, in creating everything, God necessarily has authority over yes. everything because he made it, he owns it, it is his. Um, and so that's a big deal. You can extend that. Uh, you can extend that to all persons in the Trinity um, when you think about John one one as well, because it says, "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with uh, was with God, and the Word was God, and all things were made through Him, um, and not one thing was made that was not made <laughs> um, yeah. with Him." So, um, as I devolve into a paraphrase, and that's okay. <laughs> um, there's no judgment here. No, it's a, a near quote. That's right. That's right. Um, so um, so that's one. But there's but as we move into um, and we and we do see it peppered throughout the Old Testament as well. But as we move into the New Testament, we see this explicitly stated. Um, I mean, if you think about uh, one of the more explicit statements that kind of the, that relates to some of this, if you get into um you know the the servant songs in Isaiah there there are there are some connections here about people desiring to ki- uh to kill and destroy this this servant um but it also being God's will that he be crushed <laughs> yeah so um so we see that there that is alluded to in Acts 223 um which says uh which where Peter says, though he being Jesus was delivered up according to God's determined plan and foreknowledge, you use you being the Jews, (laughs) um, the religious leaders more specifically. So not even just generically, um, they used lawless people to nail him to a cross and kill him. So there we see God's control over the situation but also
0: man's responsibility yes it's not as if peter said i mean let's just emphasize the first part hey well this was god's plan so you're off the hook right neither did he say oh look you did this outside of god's plan maybe even circumvented his plan no he he joins them together in a in a confusing way as logically we're trying to make sense of it but a biblically sound way right and and we see this other places as well later in acts we, we read of uh in acts 428 that your hand and your will do something, but they do it according to the predestined plan that had to take place. Mm-hmm. Uh, Romans eight twenty eight, a beloved verse for so many people that we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. So we see God's involvement in, mm-hmm. in bringing to pass his plan. And then Ephesians 1, 11 as well uh, in him meaning Christ, we have also received an inheritance because we are predestined according to the plan of the one who works out everything in agreement with the purpose of his will. Mm. So we see this all throughout Scripture, and this is probably a good place to pause before we talk about cautions with this doctrine. Yes. That we understand uh, a little bit of a difference that we need to, to grasp between God's sovereignty and God's providence.
1: Mm-hmm. So sovereignty,
0: we could define as God's authority. It's his right to rule and reign. Yes. His providence is how he brings that to pass. Yes. So they are fused together. They're a little bit different. Uh, but both of them speak into this, that God has, he's sovereign. So he has the authority and right to do as he wills. Providentially, he does that. He brings to pass what he wills. But at the same time, we have responsibility. We have freedom in actions and they fall in accord with God's sovereignty and providence, not estranged.
1: Right. Right. All right. So, um, let's talk cautions. Let's talk some cautions. Um, so one of those, one of those cautions, um, is is, is really recognizing just the reality that we don't have a contradiction here. Mm -mm. We have a tension and, or, and, and, Really, it's not even a. It's not even that. It's the reality is, is it's a tension for us. For us, not for God. But exactly, this is, um, you know, to use a technical term, this is this is a paradox, not a contradiction. It's two things that seem to be contradictory on the surface, but when you but actually work together and make sense. And so much of what God does is paradoxical, but not um, contradictory. Um, and so, um, and so, this is why I said at the beginning the answer is yes. Much like the much like the problem of evil, um, the the problem of evil, which assumes the um, which assume which the the false assumption in it is that either um, God that if God is real and all powerful and, and all good and all all loving and all knowing evil evil should not exist but because evil does exist he either does not exist himself or these things about him are not true um, the answer to that is is yes because God is the because God is all good and evil exists and he is going to punish evil. Um, here the reality is God is sovereign and human beings make meaningful choices. yeah what we do matters. Um, everything we do matters. And we are judged for what we do because it's what we want to do. Um, and that's, that's that difficult That difficult tension. Um, there are some who um, because they, they either like to build straw man arguments um, in the more cynical cases um, or some just simply out of a lack of understanding um, of this. And, and I'll admit I've been – I've done both. Um, in various case, in at various points in time, um, we'll use we'll set these things up as as bitter enemies. Yeah, and they're not
0: they're friends. D- you don't have to reconcile friends, right? Right. Yeah, and it's where we have to hold both. As I've talked with people about this, my counsel is always that same thing: is man, we've got to stand firmly in both of these. We can't deny either. And when you start denying one or even overemphasizing one at the expense of the other, you're in dangerous ground. And wherever you wanna go, you you can't overemphasize God's sovereignty to the expense of of man's responsibility, nor can you look at man's responsibility, our freedom's at the expense of God's. You've gotta hold both. Right. Uh, Scripture teaches them both, it holds them both, and they're both beautiful truths. Right. Uh, So why choose between two beautiful things
1: when you can have both of them? Exactly. Exactly. And and I mean, we especially see that tension, that human perspective tension come into play when we think about when we think about the nature of salvation itself.
0: Yeah. And that's I, I think that would be the next caution yeah. is we have to keep in mind this is highly emotional, especially when it's carried over to matters of salvation. Yes. And uh, and because of that, we have to be really, really cautious with how we speak about this. If anybody's in a teaching position, how you teach on this. Um, I meet together with, with some young guys from my church. They're all in their 20s. And we had a com- conversation about this recently. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and I was you're like, lucky. I, I'm, it, it's a good time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and this was my counsel to them. Man, wherever you land in this issue, and there are different theological camps to come to sense of this, mm-hmm. Wherever you land, I don't care where you land. I believe we're all brothers in Christ and we should be able to coexist together, even worshiping together. This should not divide us. Mm -hmm. But wherever you land, remember this is so emotional. Remember this is confusing. And remember that you're probably interacting with people who do not have this figured out because nobody does. Mm -hmm. And just be gracious, which is the other concern. We've got to extend grace uh, toward one another with this issue. It has divided the church to our shame, to our detriment. It should not divide the church, period. Right. This is not an issue worth dividing over. Yeah. It's it's an important issue, but it's not one worth dividing over how we understand how these two fit together, of course. Yeah. And so this remembering this is emotional, remembering this, this has a lot of baggage with it, but... Being grace-filled with grace, extending grace, and fighting for unity—I
1: think—are are cautions when
0: it comes to the, the ramifications of this doctrine.
1: Right, right. Another caution um, that, that comes in here is um, in uh, is really how we choose to to engage with this from a personal responsibility standpoint. So. Um, so there um so again one of the one of the arguments that can come around this uh, around this issue is that well if god is all all sovereign then it doesn't matter what i do. Yeah. Um but scripture is really really clear. What you do matters. And so you you can't pick a position and say well i'm going to use this as an excuse to um to not obey God, because if God is all sovereign, then He'll make me obey God, and and it's like, well, but you don't want to, and that's and that's that again, that's that difficult tension. What you do matters, and what you what your heart wants, your heart wants, um, and so when we and and this is where things get more complicated when we talk about sin and um and our enslavement to it our enslavement to sin doesn't look like slavery the way that we would think about it, where we'd be grudgingly like where we're wishing that we were not caught up in it. Most of the time, um, apart from Christ, we sin because we love sin and we hate God. <laughs> and that's, that's just the thing. So the slavery it's, it's more like an addiction. Yeah. Um, that's the way to that's a better way to think about it so don't try to use this as an as a cop out to get out of doing what god clearly wants you to do so
0: exactly it's a good word all right so let's go toward what difference this doctrine should make and i'll throw one out there yeah um really if if we believe that god is good that god is loving he's all-knowing, all-powerful, these these benchmark attributes, of course, that I don't think any of us would really push back upon. If we really believe those, this doctrine should comfort us. Mm. It should not terrify us. It should not trouble. It should comfort us. Now, again, it doesn't mean we understand it completely. But thinking about God's sovereignty, God's plan in human actions, how they work together, it should comfort us knowing that God is in control of things. I, I've often mm-hmm. advocated, or not advocated, I've advocated, Uh, suggested that most christians celebrate their freedom in the marketplace and celebrate god's providence and sovereignty in the hospital room in other words we're very selective Mm -hmm. there are times we want our freedom and we want to protect it at all costs because we want to do what we want to do and god's sovereignty we we feel like presses in against that and prohibits us right but then there are plenty of other times where we want God, we need God to be sovereign. Uh, I think it's unhealthy and unwise to parse it like that. Mm -hmm. We need to really work toward seeing the beauty of this doctrine, although Mm -hmm. it's confusing. Again, we can't figure it all out, but we rest in what we know, that God is in control and I'm responsible for how I live. And I I wanna fight to join those together through all of my life celebrating God's sovereign control over everything and recognizing my responsibility
1: to everything
0: yeah. and being consistent.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it should it shouldn't just comfort us, it should actually motivate us to action. Oh yeah. As well. So I mean, if you think about, um, let's just think about from the perspective of salvation. If God is is at work saving people, and the way that he works is by people putting their faith in Jesus, what it means is that we can have incredible confidence sharing the gospel with people that someone is going to believe this by God's grace, that someone want that, that what we say and what we do is always going to have an effect on someone. um, uh, In whatever journey, whatever process God is leading them through, um, Lord willing to faith in him. Um, so some might hear and believe on the spot. Someone might hear what you say and they, they may do nothing with it for 20, 30, 40 years. And that's okay because God's still working through that as well. Um, I think about um, George Mueller, um, who uh, he's famous for his prayer life. Yes, and um, one of the and one of the stories about him, uh, just in short paraphrase, is that he had four friends that he prayed he committed to praying for daily, and it was praying for their salvation, and there were a couple of them that that came to faith within about a year, eighteen months, kind of thing. Two others, it was a lot. It, it didn't happen right away, but he did, he didn't get discouraged. He kept praying for them, and it was and those years turned into decades. Um and then one more came to faith like 20 years after 20 years of prayer. And then another and then then but there was still this one who was the the lone holdout of these four that he had been praying for and it wasn't and and then he died. <laughs> Mueller specifically died. Um and it was after Mueller died that this man came to faith and it was like 50 years or something like this that Mueller had been praying for him um that's the that's the kind of thing that that this this tension um again that we see this that this this interconnected truth um should bring in terms of confidence that we can pray knowing that God is going to do things yeah we can act knowing that God is going to do things through our actions, um, and, um, and we can have absolute confidence that God is going to bring people to himself um, through the actions of people, and that's going to make a difference in the world. Definitely.
0: Well, I think that's a good place to wrap up. Um, I hope this has helped somewhat. Uh, again, not giving... I mean, you th- I feel a lot clearer you, about hey, this. Me too. Uh, not an exhaustive <laughs> uh, treatment of it by any stretch <laughs> of the imagination, but hopefully some, some higher level at least. Uh, suggestions and tips to to help out. So let's just wrap it there. Uh, I want to thank you for listening to today's episode of the podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please do leave a sincere five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to the show. And for more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.